0: You're listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast supported by Harvest Partners. For more ways to deepen and challenge your spiritual walk, enroll in Pastor Greg's free online courses. Sign up at Harvest.org.
1: You play a key role in your own temptation. Satan needs our cooperation. Listen, where there is no desire on our
0: part, then there's no temptation. Temptation is often everywhere we look. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie says we can make the choice not to look.
1: It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you give in to the temptation. The sin is not in the bait, it's in the bite. This is the
0: Some people make a double batch of cookies and then wonder why they're tempted to eat sweets. Some make sure their new car has a supercharged mega-hemi-turbo GT engine and wonder why the police seem to be handing out more speeding tickets. Well, today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us take an honest look at temptation and how we often set ourselves up for the fall. We'll learn to recalibrate and set ourselves up for more success and more satisfaction.
1: James chapter one. This book was written to the Jewish people who were scattered all over the place. There was a time when Israel ruled their own land and they had their kings like David and Solomon. Well, those times were over. Now the occupying force was Rome. They were effectively under the control of the Caesars and the various Roman governors. And they were suffering and they were unhappy So the book of James was written for suffering people. And maybe I'm talking to somebody right now that's suffering in life. Then this book is for you. The book of James was written by the half-brother of Jesus. So James, who knew Jesus very well, is the author of this book. Yet he never name drops. He doesn't even identify himself as having any connection Uh, to Jesus uh, via the family, he just declares himself as a servant. Let's read about it. James 1 verse 1. James, a bond servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Greetings, my brothers. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work so that you may be complete and perfect, lacking nothing. Okay, so we need to make a choice to rejoice when we go through times of trial. We need to make a choice to rejoice. Look at verse two again. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Another translation says count it pure, unmixed, complete and total joy. Wait, what? When I'm going through a trial, I'm supposed to have total joy during that time? Well, what does that even mean? James is not saying that trials themselves are joy because usually they are not. Hebrews twelve eleven says no discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful. So when James is saying, consider it joy, he's just saying, make a choice to rejoice. I know this is hard. I know you wish it wasn't happening. I know you wish it was over. But despite that, I'm gonna choose to rejoice regardless of my emotions. See, that's very important. This is not a matter of feelings. This is a matter of the will. The more we rejoice in our testings, the more we realize they're not liabilities but privileges. Ultimately helpful, not harmful, no matter how severe they may appear. Example, Jesus Christ heading to the cross. His back has been ripped open by the Roman whip. He's weakened by the beatings and blows to his face and having the beard ripped from his face. And yet we read as he's carrying that cross in Hebrews 12, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Where was the joy? His people, the crowds were jeering him. His disciples were largely in hiding And yet there's Jesus carrying the cross. For the joy that was set before him. What that means is because of what Calvary would accomplish, he pressed on. The joy that was set before him was you. The joy that was set before him was me. It was us. It was the world that he would redeem who would put their faith in him because he would die for our sins. And so that's what kept him going. Here's an example of people more like us, Uh, Paul and Silas thrown into a dungeon for preaching the gospel. Yet we read at midnight, Paul and Silas saying praises to God and the other prisoners were listening. Philippians 4 says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You make a choice to rejoice. Point number two, trials happen to make us stronger in every way. Trials happen to make us stronger in every way. Look at verse three. Knowing the testing of your faith produces patience, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now by the way, the word patience is probably not the best translation. I'm reading from the New King James Version here. It comes from a Greek word that translates out to toughness or fortitude. Another translation uh uses the word endurance or stain power, okay? So trials come into our life to produce endurance and stain power. Trials make you stronger, not weaker. A modern translation of James 3, 4 goes as follows. So let it grow. And don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, you're ready for anything, strong in character, full and complete. I like that translation. Point number three. It's through trials we learn great wisdom. It's through trials we learn great wisdom. Go to verse five with me if you would. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. It gives to all liberally or generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind, Let not that man suppose he'll receive anything from the Lord, for he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Powerful verses. If you're lacking wisdom, ask God. If you don't know what to do, ask the Lord. Now through modern tech, we have access to more information than we've ever had in the history of the entire planet. Google it, or you just say, hey Siri. What about this? Or, hey Alexa, what about that? Or, hey Google, you ask a question and you may get an answer. But our knowledge is a mile wide and an inch deep. The problem is we've acquired knowledge without wisdom. Through knowledge, we've learned to travel faster than sound, but we show our lack of wisdom by going faster in the wrong direction. What we really need is wisdom. So what James is saying, if any of you lack wisdom, if you don't know what God's will is, ask him. I pray so often, oh Lord, as we have this meeting, or Lord, as we deal with this topic, or Lord, as we plan for the future, you've told us in scripture, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of you and you'll give it to them generously. Lord, would you give us your wisdom right now? Show us your will right now. Because there's so many choices in life. Starting with Taco Bell. What's going on over there? I love Taco Bell but I don't recognize the menu anymore. But choices. These are silly choices but there's big choices in life. We need God's wisdom on who we're going to marry. We need wisdom about the career path we're going to follow or the ministry we're going to pursue. But here's what the Bible says. God will answer this prayer, so ask for it in faith. When you ask God to give you his wisdom, you're praying according to the will of God. As James said, don't, don't doubt what you're praying for, or you're like a wave tossed back and forth. Pray believing God will give it to you.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie will have the second half of his message in just a moment. Hey, everybody, Greg Laurie here,
1: and I want to personally invite you to the Harvest Ministries Israel Tour, April 9 to 19, 2024. Listen, this is your chance to walk in the steps of Jesus, literally in what we call the Holy Land. Learn more at israel.harvest.org. Shalom.
0: And Now Pastor Gray continues his message called How to Deal with Trials and Temptations. God will enable us to endure and get through
1: times of temptation. Again, God will enable us to endure and get through times of temptation. Let's read a bit more. James 1 verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he'll receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Don't miss this verse. Underline these words. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. We'll stop there. So question, where does temptation come from? Of course, the devil's involved in it. But don't miss this. You play a key role in your own temptation. Satan needs our cooperation. Listen, where there is no desire on our part, then there's no temptation. And in these verses, we have the five steps of temptation. Uh, Verse 14, everyone is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire. So it starts with the temptation itself. Everyone is tempted. I know you think you're crazy because you were tempted to do a certain thing. But the Bible says in First Corinthians ten thirteen, there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Which means other people have been tempted to do that too. Don't think you're the worst person on earth because the temptation came your way. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin when you give in to the temptation. The sin is not in the bait, it's in the bite. If you see the bait, acknowledge the bait, and don't bite, you have not sinned. It's when you take a nibble, or worse, a full bite, that it happens. So everyone is tempted, it happens to the best of us. And there's always a way out. Number two, okay, so first there's a temptation, but maybe now you're under its power. Verse 14, you're drawn away by your own desires you decide to take it out for a test drive. That's what car dealers always want you to do. You Want to take it out for a spin? No, I don't want to buy this car. Come on, just take it out for a drive. And then you'll be stuck in a car with me, peppering you with pressure. Or the free sample. We were at a farmer's market yesterday walking around. There was a guy with some soup, I walked right by him. I'm not really a big soup guy. Soup to me is like, why? Uh, it's a good start, I guess. Sort of like salad, but no, nah, you know. So he says, try a sample. No, nah, it's okay, I'm good. No, try it. Okay. How much is it? Like, see, it was really good soup. Very hearty soup. And so I bought a bag of soup. I don't eat, I went to Kathy. Look, I bought a bag of soup, a frozen bag. I'm like, why? It was good. Why did I buy it? The free sample got me. So the devil says, hey, Sorry to compare this soup to something evil. It was actually good, but here's a free sample. Just take a taste. Let the thought run through your mind a little bit. Just play with this a little bit. You don't have to do it. Of course, you would never do it, but just start here. Here's the problem. What makes temptation difficult for many people is they don't want to discourage it completely. So now you're almost hooked Verse 14, a man is drawn away by his own desires and is enticed. So you're really close now. Here's a temptation. You say no. You take it for a test drive. You take the free sample. You're moving it around in your mind. And now it's becoming more appealing and you find yourself giving into it but you haven't done it yet. You can still pull away. No, you keep going. The hook is now set. Verse 15, and when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. So you act on that evil thought, and now, boom, the sins happen. Okay now, there's sometimes a little pleasure, but short-lived, right? The Bible talks about the pleasures of sin for a season. For a moment, oh, this is fun. But then the guilt kicks in. Then the remorse kicks in. Depending on what you did, The consequences kick in. That dead feeling one gets when they're separated from God in fellowship. Thankfully, we can repent and be forgiven of our sin, but this is what James is warning about. Some would say, well, hey, it's not my fault. It's God's fault. He gave me more than I can handle. No, he didn't. Go back to James 1.13. Let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Well, this person, it's their fault. Yeah, that's what Adam said in the Garden of Eden. You have to take responsible for your own actions. Okay, question. When does temptation usually come? This might surprise you. Answer, often after times of great blessing. Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John. The Father spoke from heaven and said, "'This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased.' And the Holy Spirit came upon the Lord in the form of a dove." That was a blessed moment. Immediately after this, the Bible says, he went into the wilderness to be tested and tempted by the devil for 40 days immediately. So a lot of times right after the blessing, it comes. So it could be after church. Oh, wasn't that great, man? I love that. A great time of worship message. Eh, but everything else was great. (laughs) But then all of a sudden, you're tempted. I mean, maybe it's just like you get mad because someone pulled in front of you. Laying on the horn. You idiot! Oh, wait. Oh, it's just a... Or maybe you get into an argument with your spouse or, or maybe you go and do something you should not do. The temptations will hit you after you have been blessed. All right, so let's sum this all up. Number one, we're gonna go through times of trial. But they'll make us stronger, not weaker. Good news. Trials like storms have a beginning, a middle, and an end. You might be in a trial right now, but the clouds may open and the sun may come out tomorrow morning. So take heart, whatever you're going through isn't gonna last forever. Number two, make a choice to rejoice in your times of trial. It has nothing to do with how you feel. You choose to give thanks to God. Thirdly, God will guide you and give you the wisdom you need in life. Ask Him for it, fourth and lastly. Temptations will come, but there's always a way out. And again, the reminder, That if you're being tempted and if you're being tested, that would be an indication you're on the right track spiritually. So let me loop back to something I said earlier. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is set down at the right hand of God. Why did Jesus die on the cross? He died for the sin of the world. He did not come to this earth to be a good example. He came to this earth to be our suffering savior. He came to lay his life down in our place and absorb the wrath of God in our place and then he rose again from the dead three days later. And that same Jesus who suffered and died stands at the door of our lives and he knocks and says, if we'll hear his voice and open the door, he'll come in. Maybe I'm talking to somebody right now who is going through a time of suffering and and you feel like you're all alone. Well, you don't have to be. God can enter into your problems with you, enter into your suffering with you. He can even step in and heal you or, or change your circumstances if he chooses to do it, but you don't wanna go through these things alone. You need Jesus. And Jesus says to his followers, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And that's what's so wonderful about being a Christian is I'm not alone in life anymore. God walks with me each and every day and he'll walk with you as well. But you have to ask him into your life. He will not force himself into your heart or into your life. He he stands at that door again and knocks you have to hear his voice and open the door. Will you open that door to Christ? If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life, you can do it right now. And if you need to do that, Let's do it as we close in prayer. Let's pray together. Father, speak to the heart of every person here. And if there's anyone here that does not yet know you, let this be the moment they believe, the moment they're forgiven of their sin, the moment that they transfer their future from hell to heaven and start living a life with hope. Speak to them, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie for those who want to make a change today in their relationship with the Lord. And if you'd like to make that kind of change, Pastor Greg will help you with that in just a moment before today's edition of A New Beginning concludes. Well, Pastor Greg, Jesus Revolution is out on DVD now. Yeah. And I know our listeners are excited about that. So many people have asked about that. It's such an extraordinary movie. In fact, it was extraordinary even as it was being filmed. Yes. Tell us what happened at Pirate's Cove during the filming. Well,
1: we all know that art imitates life. In other words, an event happens and maybe a painting is made about it or a book is written about it or a film is made about it. But then sometimes life imitates art. So... In this instance, you know, we used to have these big baptisms. We still do, actually, at a place called Pirate's Cove. It's a little rocky amphitheater off of Big Corona Beach in Newport Beach, California. This is where all the baptisms were done back in the day of the Jesus movement. And uh, so we went down there with our cameras to recreate these scenes. We had extras on hand. We had people who had gone through wardrobes so they looked like they were around in the early 70s and were baptizing extras. I had to do a little class on baptism for Kelsey Grammer and Jonathan Rumi. Kelsey played Chuck Smith. Jonathan played Lonnie Frisbee, sort of showing them this is how you baptize a person. <laughs> but the amazing thing is as we're baptizing these extras, people want to be baptized for real. And people were actually accepting Christ and getting baptized in real time. That's R-E-A-L as opposed to R-E-E-L. In fact, (laughs) one of the people that was there, played a role in the film, was baptized in character for a scene in the film, but then came to me right after that happened and said, I want to be baptized for real. Wow. I said, well, you need to accept Christ. Baptism is for believers only. I shared the gospel with him. He said he wanted to follow Jesus. We prayed together, and I baptized him. He was still wearing the clothes he wore in the film. It was quite Amazing. quite a moment. So I think that comes off in the film because, you know, a lot of times when you watch Christian-type films and they show church scenes, they have sort of a, I don't know, an artificial kind of a feel. that feels staged. But this doesn't feel staged. This feels real. And I'll tell you why it feels real. It was real. It was really (laughs) happening. God was really at work. And I think that comes across in the film. We've heard so many stories of people wanting to get baptized right after they saw the movie. And of course, as I said, baptism is for a Christian. So once you've accepted Christ, this is a way of publicly acknowledging it in the water's baptism. I want you to have your own copy of this movie so you can watch it over and over and show it to your friends and your family and your neighbors and people you know that are not believers. You can have an evangelistic outreach in your house. And in the special edition of a DVD that we want to send you uh, from us here at Harvest, there's also a, a message that I filmed on the beach as the sun was setting. It's very beautiful and cinematic, actually. And I present the gospel and tell people how to accept Christ, even lead them in a prayer. This all comes in this special edition of the Jesus Revolution DVD that we're offering. Now, I know it's streaming. Now, you can see it on Apple. You can see it on Amazon. But this edition we're sending you has features that no one else has And I want you to get a copy for yourself, and I'll send it to you for your gift of any size. Whatever you send, it will be used to help us continue to preach the gospel and teach the Word of God. So
0: order your own copy of the Jesus Revolution film on DVD. Yeah, that's right. And we'll send it right out when we hear from you. You'll get the movie on DVD along with a free streaming code. And if we can be candid, this resource costs us more than we normally pay for other resources. So, if you can be extra generous with your donation, that would really help. Thanks for considering that. And you can contact us today at 1-800-821-3300. Call anytime, 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org. Well, Pastor Greg, you've mentioned before that someone can become a Christian with just a simple prayer. That's right. Maybe somebody would like to do that right now. Could you help them with that? Sure,
1: I'd love to. A simple prayer is right. In fact, I would like to just pray a prayer and I would ask you to pray it after me right now. Pray these words, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, but I also know that you are the Savior because you died on the cross for my sin and you rose again from the dead. Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of every sin I've ever committed. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for answering this prayer, Lord. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer and meant it, I want you to know on the authority of Scripture, God Almighty has heard your prayer, and he will answer this prayer. You are now a newly minted child of God. So congratulations, you've made the right decision, and welcome to the family of God. I want to send you a special gift because of that prayer you've just prayed. It's called the New Believers Growth Packet, and in it is a copy of the New Testament in a very understandable translation called the New Living Translation. It also is filled with hundreds of notes that I wrote that will encourage you in this commitment you've made to follow Christ. And there's some other outstanding materials in this little packet I'll send you as well. So order your copy today and let me be the first
0: to say to you, congratulations
1: and welcome to the family of God.
0: And to get that New Believers Growth Packet, just get in touch, and we'll be glad to send it right out. You can call us anytime around the clock at 1-800-821-3300. That's 1-800-821-3300. Or go online to harvest.org and click No God. Well, next time, Pastor Greg has some important insight on the power of the tongue. Good counsel on choosing our words wisely. Join us here on A New Beginning pastor and Bible teacher, Greg Laurie. Thanks for listening to A New Beginning with Greg Laurie, a podcast made possible by Harvest Partners, helping people everywhere know God. Sign up for daily devotions and learn how to become a Harvest Partner at harvest.org.